0: my podcast happy hour with Victabulous. Today is a pretty special recording episode, movie or yeah, TV series, Netflix series discussion and review. Uh, Today we are going to do uh, The Witcher and as a special guest I have my husband.
1: Greetings. (laughs) That's my Doug Cockle. He's the guy who does the voice from The Witcher. Be
0: all weird about it. Not weird.
1: I was practicing. You were.
0: You were. Okay. So anyways, he's been really excited to do this episode with me. I told him I've been kind of hanging it over him. (laughs) Saying we're going to do it, but just not knowing when. An official date. And um, I chose to have my husband, of course, as my guest for this episode for The Witcher Review and Discussion because nobody knows the witcher like you you've read the books you've played all the video games so you knew you're already a fan of the witcher way before there was even a thought of making it into a series
1: mm-hmm.
0: Cause how long has the witcher been out like when did they start putting games out uh
1: the first game was back in like 2007 i believe it was the very first game
0: because i re- remember like for those of you who don't know We've been together for 10 years. Shut the hell up. <laughs> We've been together for 10 years, and you've played a great deal, a great handful of video games throughout our relationship. And try to see, huh? <laughs> The Witcher is one that I remember you playing quite frequently. Mm-hmm. I mean, you played a lot of games that had, like, not like, I want to say, like, trilogies, but they've had right, right. numerous
1: iterations of it.
0: Yes. So, but I remember the we playing The Witcher also because, <laughs> so this is the thing that happened with me and my now husband back when we were just boyfriend and girlfriend living together. I'd fall asleep and then he'd start playing his video games. It was kind of like a routine. He'd wait for me to pass out watching TV. And he's always been a night owl. So he would, you know, play his video games. Well, one night I passed out and asleep. Not like passed out, passed out. Um, I never do that. that. And I woke up and there was like, you were playing the Witcher. Mm -hmm. But there was this scene where Geralt was like hooking up with some chick. But because i have just woken up yeah, from like a dead sleep, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you playing?" Like, <laughs>
1: and, and that's the funny part about the game in particular. Like, in in the game, there's so many options you can take, and of course, you know, you got your romantic interest, and you know, naturally, I, I decided to pick Jennifer over Tris because I mean, personally, I think you reflect her personality more.
0: Jennifer, so naturally drawn. Yeah. Oh well, thank you. Tough bitch, you know? <laughs> well, um... now that I've watched the Netflix series, and you know become more familiar with the characters i i can see that
1: <laughs> but but just what i'm trying to say is uh she's has things more together and i've like at least in the video game the way i play it like well in the books and the video games and uh eventually in the series you'll see that gerald is just a straight like uh straight <clears throat> um how I he's a straight man whore he sleeps with just about everything with a skirt um so in particular you know
0: well more well, than I do
1: yeah um in particular there's uh, a part in one of the video games where um you finally get the chance to be alone with Jennifer, and just the whole time you're playing it you have the option just to be like hey so you smell good and she's like Geralt we're at a funeral and you know <laughs> you can come back with yeah you smell good at this funeral and you know you just keep kind of pressing, pressing the issue and it's I think it's adorable yeah he's like he's just so smitten by her you know and uh it's, it's kind of you know it, it's up to how you play the game, but I admit I was just more like all right come on we're gonna get you in bed we're gonna get Yen <laughs> in a bed. Um,
0: Such a typical guy. Yeah,
1: but, you know there's, you know, I know I admit maybe I'm just romantic because like because of you know one of the episodes which I'm sure we'll discuss here in a minute but uh one of the episodes where uh, it's in the book it's called the last wish but that's where you know just like it sounds spoiler alert you know they deal with genie and there's a wish that's made um which again spoiler alert um even in the books they never say what Geralt wishes for uh but because of this wish um Yennefer and Geralt they have like just this on and off relationship and it's it's like just abusive at points like just uh emotionally um not like
0: but some might mistake it. It's, it's passion. It is. That's it's, what yeah. it is. It's passion. You know, you don't... you For two people who love that hard, mm-hmm. it's, you know, when they're angry, it's not like a typical, you know, kind of de- domestic violence type of anger. Right. It's, I it's, love you so much mm-hmm. that, like, I can't live with you yeah. type of anger. Mm-hmm. And they're just willing to fight even each other and
1: they too fight a lot yeah there's no other way to put it like uh maybe abuse isn't really the right word but like they they do stray from each other but ultimately they do no matter what you know they try to distance from each other but every time they do find each other it's like they rekindle that same kind of romance
0: it's like they could try to challenge each other too like if i do this Mm -hmm. will this cause you to walk away Mm -hmm. like what can i do how far can i push your limits to make yeah. you be like that's it fuck it you know mm-hmm. whatever all right see this is why i brought my husband because he like when i say he is a big fan of the witcher that is like uh i like, it's an underestimation like, like i
1: i admit when i saw netflix making the show i was really nervous because you know they i mean yeah they have a hit or miss because you know again stranger things like last you know they they have either they really good stuff or they have their you know adaptations that fell horribly bad you know like uh i can't one off of my head like the death note like adaptation is just oh. god awful
0: okay um, so you're not you're i was about to get defensive because yeah. you mentioned stranger things and i'm like wait oh, are okay, you so gonna that's, make it? that's
1: a good one and then, yeah you know they marvel shows which again I, i'm guilty i haven't seen but like you know I've heard so many good things about daredevil and the punisher and, you know, just Jones and, uh, uh Nick cage. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard, you know, incredible things about them, but again, like I said, they have their kind of hit or miss. And admittedly, when I heard, you know, they're going to cast Superman as Geralt, you know, I, I, I kind of lost faith. Um, but I still gave it a chance because again, I am a huge
0: fan of the witcher. Yeah. Um, because you've watched, you've watched, or you've read the books, read the and you've books, played, played the games, games. You know. so you're already a big enough fan, like, you've already had this kind of, already built, like, up, kind of like a fan, mm-hmm. like a fanatic kind yeah. of interest, or, yeah. you know.
1: Just developed a, a serious interest in the series. And... Yeah.
0: Okay, so before we get too much into the episode, because I'm sure my husband can just go on and on oh, and on and yeah. on and yeah, on.
1: What they did well what's the accuracy in the
0: So, um, again, we're going to be talking about The Witcher. I mean, just probably going to take over this episode. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let you
1: kind of, you know steer where the the netflix show goes and you know if there's something i feel pertinent to jump in about or you know something it'll probably be like
0: every other line so (laughs) all right and then because we're recording or not recording we're doing well we are but we're doing this a discussion and review on the witcher and because you're such a big fan you also went as far as to kind of look up some drinks Mm -hmm. alcoholic beverages Spirits, whatever you want to call them, uh, in particular for this special episode. Right. You know, so, which I appreciate because you you do your research when you're wanting to add it to the, the theme of whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah. You know, that's what's one of the things that I really, really love about my husband is that when we do some kind of themed party or themed, you know, dinner or something like that, whatever it is, big or small, you you take it to a whole new other level. Sure. You do. And it surprises me because, even though I shouldn't be surprised because it's you, and I know you, but then at the same time, like something that I feel like we weren't going to go as big, and you, you take it to that level. But it makes it that much more special. And I know, I'm not surprised about the, the drinks that you have looked up and investigated because, again, of how passionate you are about yeah. this series yeah. you know game book or just this genre so take it away what are we going to be having today what is going to be fueling this episode discussion
1: uh, i think fuel's pretty accurate because most of it is vodka based so you know definitely can have that kick it's it's uh andre if you couldn't tell by the name he's polish uh you know and us slavs love our vodka uh so 90 percent of the game you know in game, at least, uh, potions and everything else that you need to make require a spirit of sort, like uh, you know, like a Tumerian rye, or you know, dwarven spirits. Um, but bottom line is, you know, vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, so going off a couple of recipes I found, um, not so much cocktails as uh, more shots. Just in respect of you know, The Witcher, um, as a monster hunter, he usually has to prepare for battle. Uh, and in the game, there's different kind of potions you can take to give you different advantages. Um, so in that same kind of um, spirit, I mixed up some cocktails that we're gonna take like shots. Alrighty.
0: Um, well, thank God it's Friday, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> because yeah, I have the weekends off. So I
1: mean, you know, our boys asleep. So let's let's kind of kick off our boots, <laughs> uh, toss a coin to our witcher, and you know, kind of get going there. Well said. Um, so that being said, our first drink is going to be uh, based off the Enhanced Blizzard Potion you can take in-game. Um, kind of a weird way to describe it, but in-game, it's uh, whenever you slay an enemy, time slows down. So, you know, my kind of nerd-numb, uh, I like to imagine it just basically increases your adrenaline. So, you know, you kind of think time's slowing down, so your reactions are sharper and quicker and whatnot. So when you're in that kind of kill spree, things kind of get rolling a lot quicker. Um, and that's some vodka, that's blue uh, curacao. A dash of lemon juice and you just shake it and you pour it over ice and
0: uh yeah let's get started have... yeah come on seriously That's... yeah yeah quenching my thirst here i brought him my little ice chest oh I mean, yes he glasses. brought in um in our office where i do my recording for my podcast so. oh that looks like an amf though yeah.
1: looks like it it uh, looks it like a little it. little stiffer um
0: okay so i'll be i'll be posting these uh drinks to my instagram twitter Yeah, so I'll be posting each drink concoction so you guys can see and get an idea of what he made. And he is so adorable. He brought in a little mini ice chest to keep the shot glasses and the mixed drinks chilled. You're so sweet. So, yeah, just bear with us for just a moment.
1: So, again, a little in-game mechanic. um, as again, Geralt prepares for his monster hunts, he drinks things accordingly, which, you know, increases his reflexes, um, just like in uh, the first episode, when he goes to hunt the Striga, and when the guy comes in, he's all veiny and black-eyed and whatnot, that's after drinking so many potions. Um, But that being said, uh, like I said, kind of doubling back here with uh, Blizzard, um, again, kind of increases his, uh, you know, uh, adrenaline, so he kind of moves a little bit quicker. Starting with that again. This is vodka, blue, uh, for a sour, some lemon juice, and shaken
0: over ice. Okay, cheers! cheers. Oh, oh, oh. oh, yeah, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Mm. I love that. Yeah, it mm. is good. It's, um, to describe the, it turns like you mix the. Whatever you mix with the vodka, mm-hmm. it turns it blue. It's yeah. like an AMF. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't tried an AMF, you should go out and try one because it's really, really good. Okay, and for the second drink.
1: Uh, the second drink, we're going to go with Cat. Um, it's, again, based off the same uh, potion of the same name, and um, it grants the player dark vision um, in the Witcher universe. Uh, witchers usually have a telltale sign of, you know, their trade if you couldn't tell by the giant gaudy medallion they have on their neck um usually i have like yellow cat slit eyes like carol
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and again the effects of cat it helps them see in the dark um so uh this uh, sweet cat potion here that's made out of uh, a little bit of rum some melon liqueur uh, lemon juice and some simple syrup
0: Sounds delicious, Delicious. can speak. it's already getting yeah. to me.
1: <laughs> uh, someone's ready to go hunting.
0: <laughs> and it's like this lime green color. Very tropical looking.
1: Almost like a Scooby snack, but not as milky.
0: Or without, without the whipped cream on top. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Alright, well bottoms up. <gasps> oh, that's, that's like a... Uh, what is it a sour sour patch mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah a little heavy on the lemon juicer yeah the recipe calls for about like
0: I'm not complaining yeah. <laughs> it, it's oh, a delicious. bit of a yeah. yeah very good very good okay so for our third drink shot
1: mm-hmm. our third drink um, this is gonna be our white rafford decoction or concoction excuse me I guess the other drinks are starting to catch up on me too. <laughs> um, so in the game, uh, these act as like instant health potions. Uh, there was a recipe for swallow, which it's like a slow health potion. Don't give me that look. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... These are all like, they're Polish names, like a uh, little fun fact here, but uh, roach, um, the name of his horse, it's actually named after a fish. Yeah, fun fact. It's a type of fish.
0: Flounder. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, just um, kidding. Couldn't help myself.
1: I digress. Yeah, someone's, someone's already there with you. Okay, cool. Um, so, again, White uh, Rafford concoction. It actually like is an instant health potion. Um and back. I looked up recipes for Swallow, but it's like a Bloody Mary. I was like, that's, that's not a fun shot. Like, yeah. That's probably like nursing hangovers and whatnot.
0: We might need one tomorrow. And, you know, we <laughs> just might.
1: Um, but in this uh, White Rafford concoction, uh, we're looking at some vodka, Kahlua, and you top it off with Coke. So it's.
0: You already have the alcohol, like the mixed. Yes. But just the alcohol, and mm-hmm. then we have our, coke beverages on the side, kind of as a chaser. of
1: mm-hmm. top it off. You I top mean, it off you, right you before can, you drink it. Yeah. Okay. You can have it as a chaser if you like. I mean, you know, do you girl? Okay. But uh, it's just the rest. It already evening. looks like yeah.
0: a Coca Cola kind of just mm-hmm. dark, um, mm-hmm. coloring. Mm-hmm. Looks just like a. I mean, coke.
1: I I can only assume it's going to be very colay. Um, with the vodka and the Kahlua, it's it's gonna maybe give you that little bit of like a coffee kind of chocolatey taste. So, if you can, you know,
0: nice. Yeah. Okay.
1: different. So, it's uh, pour away. The trigger here and see what happens.
0: I have my Coke Zero. Yeah,
1: <laughs> this episode got you back up Coke Zero. Watch your <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Mm, chocolatey, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah kind of like a dark chocolate yeah it's got that very
1: yeah uh, I, I see exactly what well, it taste better you're putting down. <laughs>
0: <Stop>. <laughs> yeah so it's very um like that dark chocolate mm-hmm. very strong not, not quite not bitter sweet, but yeah, yeah exactly.
1: not too sweet not too bitter
0: just as i said like dark chocolate yeah okay so for our third or fourth one <laughs> right.
1: oh, no. um, so our fourth drink here is uh white honey um so in the game uh there is such thing as a toxicity level and i can only describe it as again in the episode of the witcher where um, you see him completely all black veined out and whatnot uh, if you take too many potions of course you can die you know your, your system can't handle all the venom running through its you know your, you know too much adrenaline too much you know, stuff pumped through your veins you can die from it The white honey here. Kind of like overdosing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, The white honey here—it just clears everything. Just kind of—you don't quite throw up, which I'd imagine that you're supposed to do. So it's like a cleanse. Exactly. It's like a just complete wipes everything out detox. Yeah. Okay. Um, And it
0: looks like like apple cider vinegar color. It
1: it does kind of have like a a honey color. It looks like
0: brisk ass tea. (laughs) yeah, honey is better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just looks like, you know, honey.
1: Um, This one, in the recipe, it says you're supposed to drink it, like, hot. Like, you're supposed to heat up the glass, and you're supposed to use a cinnamon stick to mix it up. I, last minute, realized we don't have any more cinnamon sticks. I don't know what happened to them, but Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, please. I'm sorry. But in this one, it's uh, an ounce of whiskey, uh, a tablespoon of honey, a dash of lemon juice, and then you're supposed to heat and stir it up with a cinnamon stick. So maybe like a hot toddy which i've never had but i heard the name yeah so theraflu yeah yay like a very sugary theraflu um all right yeah
0: so you do you top it with honey
1: uh there's already honey there's already honey in it
0: so you don't need any more honey yeah all right let's go ahead and I think I'm more nervous for this because it, you said it has whiskey. Uh,
1: I I did try to make it a little better. I got like a, a, a honey whiskey.
0: What um, like what whiskey?
1: Like good old Jack Daniels Tennessee. Oh
0: God! I know your
1: absolute favorite, but it is a honey uh, Tennessee honey whiskey. So hopefully... just for
0: your information, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't have a really good experience with Mr. Daniels in my early twenties when I was freshly, I don't, when I was freshly turned 21.
1: I don't think you're human if you don't have that one liquor that you, you just can't do. It. Yeah. It, it's tequila, I have a hard time with it, That was, you know, yeah, same thing, I, I woke up inside one of those But I just, like, cart. I just,
0: like, I dread it. Like, ugh, I'm dreading this shot right now.
1: Well, never you Coke here you know, chase it down if you need to. <gasps>
0: Otherwise,
1: chase it down with the rest of the cat. No. You know, That'll burn it right out of you.
0: Alrighty then.
1: Okay, uh, the witcher
0: related Oh, gosh.
1: How's it going to your witcher? <laughs> there it is.
0: Oh, yeah. Nope, there he is. Yep. Oh, yep, he saved it for the very end. Yep. You don't taste the whiskey until after.
1: The honey, yeah, it's, it's very, it dilutes a lot of it, and then at the very end, there's that warm, you know, hey, buddy, that hug from behind, that Jack Daniels just comes in, and he,
0: you know. Oh, yeah. Rears his ugly face. Give you that little kiss on the neck. And he's like, hey, you're not... Remember me? <laughs> so, that was your four mixed concoctions. I think we're ready right. to start the actual review and discussion i
1: mean if not you know the discussion and review i'm ready to go hunt some them
0: <laughs> all right we uh, some
1: in the backyard that you know
0: slow down eaten. cowboy
1: yeah four shots deep before we start the podcast so. i
0: know right we should start every episode like this well,
1: we're gonna such like a heart to heart tonight
0: oh my gosh all right so let's get started
1: let's get started
0: So, The Witcher starts off the first season with a scene featuring Geralt doing what he does best. Mm-hmm. Slaying monsters. That is a bit of an underestimation. Because it starts off like he's in this like lake, river, swamp. Swamp. Marshland. Yeah. And the size of this monster compared to the size of the swamp does not seem nearly as deep or big enough to, like, hide or oh, yeah. disguise this this yeah, the... monster, the sea creature, whatever it is. So, yeah, this swamp totally does not seem like it can be the nest or home of a monster or just hiding it in general. Um, but the first glimpse of Henry Cavill's Geralt is shown off immediately in his battle with the kikimora in the swamps and of course he defeats it naturally naturally but he what i noticed too is you don't even see Geralt in his human form you automatically see him with the dark eyes mm-hmm. and
1: he's again he prepared for this hunt so like he's you know you see his the, the
0: know, veins. His
1: veins bulging with whatever concoctions he drank Probably had you know some little uh, lizard or you know, some mm-hmm. cat going in, and so mm-hmm. he's ready to rock.
0: He's ready to rock. Uh, All right. Okay. So later on, after defeating uh, the Kikimora, uh, when Geralt enters the town of Blabikin,
1: Blabikin, which will eventually get the title for the so...
0: Okay. He oh. cross he crosses paths <laughs> with Renfrey, the ill-fated princess on the run. Um, after they have a brief conversation, Geralt is lured away and eventually meets the mage, Stregobor,
1: Stregobor yeah.
0: who seeks to hire Geralt for his help in killing Renfri. Though the mage tries to persuade Geralt, the stubborn witcher refuses and goes about his business. Later on, he bumps into Renfri yet again, and she asks him to take out her adversary, Stregobor, the mage. Not picking sides, Geralt refuses to help Renfree either and gives her the advice that she should move on with her life both physically and mentally. She does seem somewhat reluctantly take to this advice and then proceeds to confide in Geralt before the two settle in together for the night. Um, all is well until the morning. After a series of dreams of Renfree stating she will never stop until Stregobor is dead and that the townspeople will forever hate him, Geralt awakens and rushes to Blaviken with his sword ready. He eventually slaughters her men and kills her before she harms a girl Geralt met from before. After the battle, Stregobor appears and attempts to seize Renfri's body but is stopped by Geralt. Taking advantage of the look of the situation, Stregobor the onlooking townsfolk against geralt fulfilling the prophecy of the butcher of Blaviken, and forcing geralt to leave the town for good so in this scene in that scene with geralt there's this i don't know if you've seen the video but there's this video that someone created very geniusly that matches the song from bohemian rhapsody oh, the, can't uh, stop me now Yeah. and the lyrics like there's a certain part where like it even starts from the very it's, beginning. Yeah, the
1: build up. The, the build yeah. up.
0: Yeah. And it this fight scene is just like play by play by play matches up it with each up Yeah, it syncs up perfectly with the build up to that song. And if you haven't seen it, look on YouTube, Google it, whatever, it, you'll find it, it. Yeah, The Witcher Bohemian can't Rhapsody. Yeah. You can yeah, just put those in there and you'll find it. It's genius. It's fantastic, It yeah. yeah. Kudos to whoever, whoever created that. Yeah. Now you mentioned not too long ago that there's certain encounters that Geralt has with characters that there's kind of like this underlying connection with what other, the audience, you know, the listeners may um, relate to make the connection is the Disney fairy tales, so like the, the
1: grim fairy tales, the grim like, fairy tales, uh,
0: yeah. So, this one, renfrey was Snow White.
1: They they do mention, um, that she, uh, is a, of course princess, she was taken out into the woods to be killed by the huntsman. Um, of course, huntsman, you know, in this day and age, it's got to be really pervy and creepy and rapes her. Uh, but you know, <laughs> uh, no Crim's Hemsworth, right? Uh, Renfree, uh, you know manages to pull a knife on him gets him in the throat and goes running off into hiding um i don't remember if they mentioned it in the show but she actually goes to live with dwarves so it's just like it continues to kind of play on that snow white theme
0: so there's quite a, like a parallel mm-hmm. with the grim stories and the ones that are in this one so it's like a big connection yeah
1: um i mean in in the books like it seems like uh andre sykowski just said fuck it i'm gonna you know, kind of sneak in these grim stories here. Uh, so of course, this one's Snow White. There's one that uh it's I believe in this. No, it is the first book that uh, that's Little Mermaid. Um, there's Beauty and the Beast. There's, but these
0: are not all going to be revealed in this in this first season. Of course.
1: Which I am so hoping for the Beauty and the Beast uh, episode to show up in the second season because it's like legitimately one of my favorite stories, like in you know in the lore of this uh series.
0: So it's kind of like taking back or bringing back the grim side of these, what are now turned into fairy tales or, you yeah, know, it's,
1: it's definitely, these the, are the darker, the gritty retelling, retelling. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which have a darker side to it than what you guys may be led to believe. Oh yeah. No, Disney. If,
1: if you compared the grim fairy tales to like the Disney stories, like, uh,
0: they're very, like, a, is... watered down.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I, I think Snow White ends with um, making the queen dance in, like, red hot iron shoes. Like, metal that's been heated up to where it's burning red. And they make the bitch dance in those shoes until she dies. Like...
0: You know... It's just...
1: I mean, look at Little Red Riding Hood. She gets eaten by the wolf at the end. Yeah. Like, and there's no woodsman to come save her. Um,
0: and she doesn't, like rip her way out no, no, of no, no. him
1: She's straight dead like the story turns out it's being told by the wolf the whole time
0: so oh who's
1: like, that you know
0: well then you learn something new every day yeah. thank you my lord
1: hi welcome to victor's <laughs> podcast this is...
0: get the hell out of here no you wish
1: <laughs> oh yeah by the way my name is victor i don't know if she said you know
0: no his name is victor that I is know. my husband's name learn it live it love it but don't love it too hard because he's my man i mean
1: you know yeah uh, if you really want to get down and dirty he
0: just couldn't help himself he was waiting to insert that little bit yes and if you must know he is russian so there you go (laughs) Um,
1: again just i got to kind of nerd out here but again the first episode they did such a fantastic job um like I said, I, I had my apprehension about it and just watching the first episode, I was, you know, I was nailed in. Um, they even took a line directly from the book that, like, uh, it's it's Geralt's kind of monologue about morality here. Um, talking about, like, uh, good and evil and whatnot. And when, again, Stregobor, uh, which was unfortunately kind of glossed over here, but um, as Renfri is basically telling Geralt to go kill Stregobor, or else we're going to turn loose on this town. Um, Stregvor is basically saying kill, you know, this princess because she's cursed. If she um, comes into power, like, things are going to go horribly wrong for everybody. She was born under the black sun, and uh, she's cursed. Um, all this, you know, kind of whatever kind of mind-washing stuff anyone has to say to get someone to jump on the bandwagon, you know? Um, but the second that... a uh, Henry Gold just started spilling out the lines from um, from the book. Like, I, I legit started fanboying out. I started fist pumping. I know Victoria was just looking at me like, what? And I just started going, it's from the book. It's from the book. <laughs> you know, punching the air.
0: He's done um, that quite a bit throughout when we, like, binge-watched The Witcher. And I have to say, though, I'm glad that he is so... He was already well, you know, known about The Witcher and had all this you know knowledge about all those characters because i know in this netflix series they kind of do like a back and forth and you don't realize it probably until like the fourth or fifth episode that they're doing like a a flashback so
1: the timeline it's yeah uh i mean at least in the netflix series the timeline is made more understandable you know it, it begins at point a and eventually ends at point b in the books it like well at least the first two books are more like an anthology so it's just like here's a random story when you know this happened here's a random story when this happened so the timeline is off you know um which i admit i was kind of disappointed just for the fact that uh when they introduce Jennifer, you know that she's been like hurt you know that she's you know she's literally being uh become a phoenix rising from the ashes so again uh the first time that they uh introduce um Yennefer in the books it's it's when Yasker is a you know or in the the books they call him dandelion in the games they call him dandelion but I guess the Polish word for dandelion is Yasker or something on those lines um but the first time they introduce Yennefer is when it's uh when she's like already boss bitch and like uh
0: yeah so you kind of like are yeah. In
1: the books. Yeah, in know, the books. Like, yeah. They show her this, and then they double back eventually, and they let you see that she is this flawed, hurt creature who, like, swore never to be hurt again.
0: And we're going to get into that in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, moving into, um, just before we move into the second episode, Nelfgarden is invading Sintra, and it forces the defeat of the Queen Calanthe. Calanthe's army, and forces her to evacuate Princess Cirilla. Mm-hmm uh Siri that's her mm-hmm. name Cyrilla but Siri for me, yeah. short is eventually captured by Kahir uh Nilfgaardian commander but she escapes when her powerful outburst causes the earth between them to separate so that's kind of like a little you'll get more into that that background uh but this queen is like complete badass she's you know they're on the front lines with her soldiers ready to fight not like standing in the background watching just sending her soldiers and she's willing to fight for you know her people and her kingdom uh or should i say queendom (laughs) uh you know and and not let her title get the best of her you know
1: in in the books she does play more of like a a tactical stance she is more of like a, a background you know, but she does still direct her troops and whatnot. She's more of a general than, you know, a, a frontline fighter. But I do really like the direction they took here.
0: Yes. All right. So, episode two, Four Marks. Yennefer is introduced as a girl with deformities that affect her back and face. Uh, she's been bullied and overlooked by everyone. Um, elsewhere in Posada, Geralt bumps into Yaskier, the bard, who recognizes him and brings the attention of another bar patron to him. He hires him to find out the cause behind missing rain in the local fields. With Yaskier behind him, Geralt goes to investigate and finds Tork, a Sylvan, and gets into a brief physical altercation with him. Geralt tries to convince him to leave right before he is knocked out, captured, and taken to a cave where the former elven king, Phil Lavendril, uh, is hiding out for, from the dangerous humans. Trying to convince him the same way he tried with Renfrey, he tells him and his companions to leave and find a new home. They eventually let Geralt and Yaskier go, and they continue on about their business. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a, a fantastic line. I, I don't remember if it's in the actual episode or not, but when uh, Geralt is fighting um what's his name? The uh the goat man. Uh Torg. Is it the No, Torque right here. Like right? the Sylvan. Okay. The, the goat man. Um, where they just kinda start coming to blows and they're just like cussing at each other and uh, uh Geralt goes like, Man, like did your mother fuck a goat? And, you know, the goat man snaps back and goes, Did your mother fuck a snowman? <laughs>
0: and... Yennefer is sold to, uh, to Saya. Saya. A mage who shows up at Yennefer's house and buys her from her father for a measly four marks. So what are four marks? Hmm. I... Is that they're just, like, their currency, or they're just way of...
1: Yeah, that's a good way to just payment. um... I mean I when I hear marks I immediately think like Deutschmarks, like uh German bucks, you know. Oh okay. Um but I mean crowns or uh
0: what would that equivalent be? What would like four marks be like for American money? Like how cheap would that be?
1: I don't even know, like maybe like a dollar?
0: A buck fifty. Yeah.
1: Maybe <laughs> less, you know. Maybe like, less.
0: Because,
1: again like uh, they really paint like the the more sorrowful side of Jennifer right out the gate you know i don't know if they say it outright but yeah like her dad beat raped and everything under the sun you know to his poor you know malformed daughter well
0: that got heavy pretty fast yeah i know so so Jennifer, it's safe to say she's been through some serious shit early on in her life and it seems even though she was sold to this mage for like four marks that she this was a bit of a blessing for her. Sure. All right, so Tassia Tisi- uh, mm-hmm. takes her to Aratuza mm-hmm. oh, yeah. to s- <laughs> thank you <laughs> to study becoming a mage. Uh, Yennefer finds great difficulty while there, and Tassia's constant criticisms and assignments start to get to her. So she eventually um, she eventually witnesses Tassia turn the other students into power conduits in the form of eels, in order to power Aretuza. While there, she also befriends Istrid. Istrid. Another student mage hiding in the caverns. Their relationship, which becomes more intimate over time, takes advantage of gets taken advantage of by Dragobor and Tissaia, who have them both spying on each other without the other knowing.
1: Which I do want to just point out here, and again, like I said, I, I love these series. Um, there's there is a confrontation that eventually happens between Geralt and Isaac.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just said his name too. Um, but it's, it starts out like petty. Geralt thinks he's got, you know, like, who's this chump, like, you know, I'm, I'm Geralt of Rivia, like, Jennifer loves me, and whatnot, and, like, a total kick in the nuts, um, it, uh, Geralt finds out that, like, literally, well, um, uh, the night before, him and Jennifer, you know, did the bump bump, um, they had sex, they you had sex, say it. you know, they were straight, you know, raw dog in it, and, uh, uh, he you know eventually like you know like Jennifer loves me like she's here for me like I love her she loves me blah 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 like we had sex last night he kind of throwing it in his face and he turns around and goes oh we had sex this morning mm. and um, just that kind of clap back is you know like oh hell and the whole like little arc there it's you know Gerald's like you gotta pick like Yen like I don't want you to be torn with my heart like this like you gotta pick either him or me um, and it eventually comes down to a duel between the two, uh, gentlemen over Jennifer. And I won't go into more because, like, the ending's pretty awesome. But, uh, you know, just All the right. end, She plays the field.
0: All right. Well, I mean, I mean so she's... I you
1: know, let, let's not, you know...
0: She's getting a chance to live her mm-hmm. life because without her deformities. Right. Which we'll get to in a few more minutes. hold your tongue i'm sorry i'm excited i know you are to be here (laughs) all right so siri befriends a random helpful boy in the woods who does not talk until later on when he finds out about siri's royal origins and they decide to stick together in order to you know survive this leads into episode three betrayer moon so yennefer is excited to finally be given the chance to alter her appearance and serve as a mage in the court of
1: aird aird airdrn 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 i more cat um adrian
0: you don't even sound sure adrian okay we're just gonna go with that yep so when struggle bore brings up yennefer's elven heritage at the council of mages which he discovered through Istred's intel, the council decides to shift her assignment from Adrian to Nilfgaard, much to the dismay of both Yennefer and Tessiah. Angry at Tessiah and Istred, Yennefer severs ties, sever ties with both of them and decides to have her appearance altered earlier than her graduation. Forgoing anesthetic aids, she goes through this painful magical procedure and uses her newfound beauty to assert herself as a viable candidate in front of the king of Aedirn. I still feel like I'm saying that wrong. His acceptance of her forced rival mage Fringilla's assignment to be shifted to Nilfgaard in her place. So, if you haven't seen this episode, her transformation or her, like, yeah. This scene where she... Kind of convinces the guy who's in charge just of like the a, transformation, a flesh like surgeon yeah. type mm-hmm. of guy. I mean, it is just it's brutal. It is very brutal. It's very, it's very graphic. So basically, he's taking away her.
1: He takes out her ovaries. That's yeah,
0: he gives her a hysterectomy, mm-hmm. basically, and you know, because of course, you know, to be a a mage, you can't have any distractions, I'm assuming, so part of it, and she decides to, because she's so angry at what just happened, and she's determined to make this change, no matter what anybody says, because she's worked really, really hard for it, and the suffering and the pain and everything that she's gone through in her life, she just can't, you know, that's just fueling her to do this, Operation. Operation, yeah. So um, she decides to do it without any what you call it anesthesia. No anesthetics. Yeah. yeah. Even though he like offers it to her, you go and she. But I mean, the instruments just look so intimidating, especially it's, back it's in that
1: medieval medicine. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Sure, you got you know people who can shoot fire from their fingers, but you know, still. Drips and all those other well,
0: and he's using he's being, like heated.
1: Yep, he used the yeah. Yeah, just the cotton kind of like and, a
0: sterilized. Yeah, yeah that make
1: mm. sure yeah the wounds close almost immediately. yeah, just ugh, I don't I don't have those bits. I'm still yeah.
0: You know, it was right. definitely very uncomfortable mm-hmm. because you can only imagine that pain. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but the outcome is completely. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is
1: beautiful. She, you know. Definitely plays her hand there and, and catches the eye of you know, the king that she's after.
0: So that's episode three. Episode four of Banquets, Bastards, and Bur- Burials. The episode starts off with Yennefer escorting Queen Callus of Lyria and her infant daughter. After an assassin wipes out almost the entire escort, Yennefer, Yennefer summons a portal to get them to quick safety. But the assassin follows behind them with each portal. Jennifer eventually leaves her to die, but hastily grabs the child and teleports away. Unfortunately, the child dies in the process, leaving Jennifer to have a solemn monologue on the beach to which she teleported. So, this episode, what really happened, so this guy shows up and he has this kind of creature to help him take out these, the escort for this uh, queen. And as it turns out, the queen's husband is the one that is that hired this guy to mm-hmm. take her out, the queen and his, his daughter, because she failed to produce an heir. I mean, back then, if you didn't produce an heir.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at, you know, Henry VIII. You know how many wives he went through. Yeah. He made up a whole church so he could get divorced. You know, like, that's... You know, well, some that's, that's
0: what the, girl, that's mm-hmm. the Bol- exactly. In girl, in that movie... Yeah. And then he had the son, yep. but Mary convinced him, or no, is it Anne? Anne convinced him. I think it's it's, it's one of those. She...
1: You can take real history, I'll take the fantasy history. So.
0: All right, whatever. So Whatever you say is true. She, he got, when he got his son, the sister, the other Bolin sister, like convinced him that if she, if he leaves her sister and his son, which the heir to the throne, which he's been waiting for, then I will give you the son that you want. But did she? No. (laughs) So anyways, that's just how it was back then. Uh. I'm glad I gave you a son. Oh,
1: <laughs> a you know, otherwise, it would have hunted you down with a, you know, scorpion-like creature. Morta, yeah. yeah, knife, glint creature.
0: <laughs> so, and then you know, Jennifer is using her skills as a mage, creating these portals to escape through, with the, this, uh, with Queen Callus and her infant daughter, and then the queen has like the audacity to be like shouldn't you be more powerful than this or something like questioning yeah. her skills and her her attempts to save her and her daughter at which point Jennifer's like oh fuck you yeah I'm escaping through my own portal mm-hmm. portal good luck but then she does have that sentimental like guilt for the daughter who is you know an innocent doesn't it's you know you can't have her pun it be punished mm-hmm. for her smart mouth mother mm-hmm. and so she Creates the portal to go back, grabs the the daughter just as the mother is being murdered, and tries to save the daughter. I mean, and unfortunately...
1: Yeah, it's really sad. It is really sad. I mean, as, as a parent, you know, I don't know, maybe it is, like, because I became a parent, but any game that does have, you know, infants who do die, you know, prematurely, or... or I can't just, watch those yeah, anymore. it's so hard to watch.
0: I mean, if you watch, oh. like, I can watch it, but then I'll just be, like, a blubbering mess.
1: I'm gonna it here again but in the third Witcher game there's a quest line that kind of involves like a... no
0: you can't steal no I'm just no, kidding <laughs> listen you listen me
1: daddy's turn me me
0: stop messing with my stuff <laughs> sorry I sorry uh, Geralt on the other hand goes to Temeria and attempts to strike up some work hunting down the monster terrorizing the local population after meeting with the sorceress Triss Marigold and getting some information on the monster from King Fultest And his companions, Geralt deduces that the monster is a striga, a cursed monster that used to be the princess. He also senses something is off and tries to get Foltest to admit his incestuous affair with his sister, which he believes factors into the situation. Geralt later learns that the king's mage, Ostrit, was the one who placed the curse on the princess due to a love triangle gone wrong. Geralt confronts the Striga and lifts the curse by battling it until dawn. Mm-hmm. This is a very intense scene. It's like fight intense. scene for um, yeah for Geralt. Yeah. I mean, he must be exhausted.
1: It's it's very Slavic, like this way of like having to break a curse by keeping a creature like outside for the sunset. Like uh, it's um, there's like an old Soviet movie called uh, V, um, and again. Segue way out of the way, but um, there's a priest who has to give the last rites to this person who was a witch. um, And he has to keep her uh, well, he has to, you know, give vigilance and keep watch over her for three nights. um, And every single night she comes back to life and tries to kill him, but he, you know, has like a circle of chalk or something around him to keep him safe. But on that third night, she manages to sneak through and kill him. um, But Again, it's you have to keep something out of its crypt or away from its, you know, home until daybreak to, you know, remove this curse and whatnot. Uh, which, you know, I, I just love that concept of it. Just very bizarre, very Slavic thing. Um, but doubling back here, there's a uh, not quite mission or quest line from the third Witcher game, which as I played it like years ago, back when the game came out, I loved it. Um, but playing it recently, I I admit I kind of broke down and cried because uh, it has to deal with a father having to like come to terms with the death of his daughter, um, someone that he. Um, well, kind of segueing back here, this character is known as. Um. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I had something in my throat. <laughs> The character is uh, known as the Bloody Baron. His, uh, he's got a bit of a temper. Um, his wife... Can't, you have me thinking about it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Brianna. Sorry. Sorry. I love you. Uh, his wife um, chooses to leave him because he's been very abusive. Uh, he She makes a pact with these witches to give away her first... Uh, well, not her firstborn, but um, she's pregnant with the Baron's child, and wants nothing to do with it so the witches force uh like a miscarriage Mm. here and uh, again doubling back to kind of slavic culture uh he doesn't quite reject the child but it's dead you can't do anything about it so he buries the uh, child without giving it a name and kind of by doing so it creates a monster like the one in this episode where it grows up inside the you know the mother or where it's been abandoned, and if they don't do something to break the curse, it's going to just get stronger and eventually come back to kill, you know, the mother or, uh, you know, the father, or just come and prey on the family. Uh, so, as part of the quest line, you can choose either to hunt down the creature and kill it, or you can perform like a, a naming ritual and save the creature and kind of pardon it from this kind of fate. and it's just this whole dramatic scene where you know naturally as a good guy i want to see kind of everyone get a happy ending so you can save this creature by performing like a naming ritual and it's super dramatic like as you're trying to perform this ritual the father has to hold the kid or this this newborn monster which it looks like a baby but with like uh i don't know anime girl eyes so it's just super big in its head um it has like an umbilical cord wrapped around its neck it has like a shark's mouth so it's just rows and rows of teeth
0: was this in the episode no oh okay uh this i'm like i feel like i would i would know about or i would remember that that scene
1: like the monster in this term is called a botchling um and he's going through this ritual like i said it's super dramatic the father's there holding this kid or his you know his would-be daughter um and like the whole ritual is just it hurts you know this is a father holding his his daughter that he rejected and um it's just a line it's like by the by the earth and sea by the world that was meant to be your home you who i rejected like i you know i regret everything i did to you like i name you you know and he says the name of his daughter which he names dia and like i you know release thee from your suffering and like as, as a parent, just having to see, you know, another parent, like, go through just such pain, like, having to, um, you know, take care of this child that, like, literally came back to haunt him, um, it's just rough, you know, and I, I can, I mean, sure, it's not the project of incest, like, from the episode, but, uh, it's, it's just rough.
0: Okay, so, in a flashback, Gerald escorts yeah. to Queen uh, Calanthe's palace where a ceremonial series of proposals is taking place asking for the reluctant princess Pavetta's hand in marriage. Notable eligible bachelors from factions of all kinds try to convince the queen of their worthiness of the princess. One after the other are humiliatingly rejected before Dunny, Duny, Pavetta's secret lover, bursts into onto the court evoking the law of surprise, a law that grants him something belonging to the kings since he saved his life years earlier. Calanthe violently rejects this proposal, disgusted by his cursed hedgehog-like appearance, which causes a massive brawl to occur. Um, So anyways, when Calanthe tries once more to kill Dooney, Pavetta unleashes the same power that will be seen from her daughter Ciri years later. When Geralt and Mousesack finally stop the magical tornado in the palace hall, Calanthe finally consents to their marriage and Dooney's curse finally becomes lifted. When everyone learns of Pavetta's pregnancy, Calanthe fearfully looks at Geralt, knowing that the child can now be called upon by Geralt in the future, should he choose to evoke the law of surprise. Because he was getting ready to leave. And they were, you know, thankful. And what were they? They were trying to, like, reward him in yeah. some way? Or what? Are you asking him, like, what do you want? We'll give you whatever. And not knowing...
1: Not having the slightest idea he, of what you know,
0: he was about to say or the meaning behind it, he said he invoked the law of surprise.
1: I, I think it was more so because Dooney invoked it is is kind of like a, not quite like a nod, like, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like a hey, you know, I got you, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this too, just for you know
0: well because he just couldn't think injuries, of anything yeah. he just yeah. really wanted to leave he was over it he didn't want to be there yeah and they're just like come, come on what do you want what do you want we'll give you anything he's like fine a you know, law of surprise and they're like seriously like yeah. what the fuck?" and then she I'm um I
1: out. yeah she what throws Piveta, up yeah that's what it is she she throws,
0: she up, or, throws or, up yeah um not Kalanthi, but uh pavetta throws up and everybody instantly the queen it's, it's uh, kind of
1: universal I unspoken
0: yeah. like she's pregnant mm-hmm. and then <laughs> Geralt is like fuck <laughs> His
1: catchphrase yeah uh,
0: yeah that's his famous catchphrase and it's so it's hilarious with that scene because he's fitting, like yeah. yeah exactly he just he shot himself in the foot with yeah. that so uh Sucked into a trance at the end of the last episode, Ciri wandered into Brokolon Forest, where she encountered the Dryads. Uh, though, though there is some opposition to Ciri and Dara's staying, Queen Ethne decides to allow the children to make their home in the forest. Uh, Fringilla and Cahir figure out Ciri's location after Nilfgaard's capture of Sintra. They also imprisoned Mausack in the process. Moving on to episode 5 Bottled Appetites. Yaskier uh, and Geralt are still at it, going about their adventures, when Geralt decides to start fishing for something in a nearby lake. Yaskier continuously annoys Geralt by pestering him with random questions and anecdotes until Geralt finally tells him that he is looking for a gin in the lake to cure his insomnia. When he finally finds the gin's bottle, a quick tug of war with Yaskier ends up opening the bottle. Yaskier then jokingly goes on to make two wishes before Geralt stops him from making a third. So this is kind of like Aladdin. Exactly. Title- yeah. Okay. Like, uh,
1: if not like uh, an Arabian Nights kind of story, this is exactly closer to Aladdin.
0: So he's trying to find a genie to grant him three wishes. Three wishes. <laughs> yeah. This scene was like was hilarious because one, you can't help but love Yaskir.
1: In in the books and the games, uh, Yaskir is again known as Dandelion. He's just this lovable wreck um,
0: who loves to sing. Yeah, he, he's, that's his skill. He's
1: a talented bard. There's no denying it. But he he's way too cocksure in his actions and usually gets into trouble. Like, yeah, nine times out of ten.
0: Which um, in this case, Gerald is always have to yeah, trying to save literally him.
1: Literally drag his ass out of the fire, yeah. Nine times
0: after 10. But there's this one scene where Gerald is looking for the yink, the gin, the gin, the yinks. <laughs> <Jin. Jin. laughs> He's looking for the gin,
1: gin, <laughs> like gin, like, like the, the alcohol.
0: Like yeah, okay, got it. Um, and gerald i forgot what they were arguing about like or or he says his singing sucks basically doesn't he
1: in a nutshell he says it's like taking a bite into a pie and realizing there's no filling (laughs) and the the expression on the actor who makes oh my god he's such a fantastic actor like he is the perfect dandelion just like you know your uh henry
0: Henry cavill Cavill.
1: makes such a good uh, Gerald but his
0: face was like
1: He's just so offended. Shocked like, and
0: offended. Like
1: and when he screams out, You need a nap! It's like, uh, it's so good.
0: It is, you need a nap. We actually use that with each other now. Yeah. Not, I think That's it's true. more so, too, it's like, a, a, we use it because of that, yeah. but also because of ourselves. Oh, of course. <laughs> Anytime either of us gets cranky with each mm-hmm. other or snappy, we always use that line. Okay, so, pushing Gerald into frustration Yaskier gets Geralt to loudly demand for some peace, which then results in Yasgir losing his ability to speak and breathe normally. Realizing the severity of the situation, Geralt rushes Yasgir to the nearest village where the elf healer... ...Cheridan? ...Cheridan?
1: ...Cheridan? Yeah, we'll go with that.
0: ...Gives Yasgir a small potion to slow down the magical infection. He also tells Gerald of a captive mage in the village, which prompts Geralt to find the mage. Gerald brings Yaskir to the mayor's house, where an orgy is taking place at the hands of Yennefer's powerful magic. She then agrees to help the two. So this is the first interaction, mm-hmm. where this is where yeah. Gerald and Yennefer meet.
1: Yeah, How I fitting
0: mean, in an orgy.
1: <laughs> right, well, in the books, like, it is the same circumstance, but when he shows up to her, you know, to her house... She's just super hungover and she's like apple slop juice. kebab? Like just just apple juice. And he's like uh, okay and he goes and you know, gets her apple juice and because, you know, he did something so small, even though his best friend dying for this wit like this, you know, sorceress, she realizes, you know, all right, you know, he's willing to do anything. Like, he's at that point. So you know, she helps uh Yasker or Dandelion. I'm gonna keep calling him Dandelion. That's easier. Okay. But um, you know, she helps in that circumstance. That's where, you know, the romance all begins. Oh,
0: yes. All right. So after Geralt figures out that she is using them to gain the jinn's power, she hypnotizes, hypnotizes Geralt into going on a rampage where he also publicly humiliates two official, uh, town officials. In prison, Geralt discovers that he is the one with the wishes and escapes to stop Yennefer before it's too late. Caught up in the moment, Geralt makes his last wish and sends the djinn away, causing them to teleport to another room where they argue and ultimately fall for each other. So they end up just making love, like, in a heated passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, this is kind of... Is this still a play on the Aladdin fairy tale? Like, I, I'd say
1: because it is still mostly the, the genie kind of focus here.
0: And the reason why Yennefer tricked them or used uh, Geralt and Yaskian to get to the djinn is because shortly after she when she tried to save the infant baby she kind of had this like a a realization that she wanted to wants to get her womanhood back Mm -hmm. basically she wants to get reverse the hysterectomy that she was and she wants to be a mother Mm -hmm. um, a nurturer And so that's why she was, um, she starting, she was in the process, she was in the midst of granting her wish. She was prepared, she was offering her body, and Geralt saves her. And in this scene, you see him making his third and final wish. But you you don't know what it is, you don't hear what it is. But the actor, Henry, said knows what it is, but he does not something he's deciding to keep to himself. Fuck. (laughs) Uh, fuck. Um,
1: (laughs) At least in the books they never say the wish either so this is like it's the never ending story where you know say my name and
0: "Ah, (laughs) Um,
1: so you never actually know what the wish is but um, whatever it is uh, this wish inadvertently binds the two together so
0: yeah. Which sucks because You wanna know if you're like me. You're like, what the fuck did he say? I mean obviously it had something to do with Yennefer.
1: Right. I mean it's it's just that that the you know, whatever the wish is, it bounds or binds the two together.
0: All right. Well Back in Sintra, Mouse Sack, a trusted friend of Siri's family, is killed by a Doppler who takes his image in order to kidnap Siri out of the forest without an invasion. Now into episode six Rare Species.
1: This is also a really good uh, story from the book. Like, a, obviously, you know, this whole uh, episode here is just like the one story from the book, but uh, again, an amazing uh, episode.
0: All right, so Borch, a wealthy and respected treasure hunter, invites Geralt and his party to a dragon hunt up on a mountain. After several stops and a bunch of minor altercations with the other groups of hunters on the expedition, Geralt finds out that Borch, who sacrifices himself to save the party on the route up the mountain, is actually a golden dragon and decides to help him protect the dragon egg that the other members of the expedition are trying to take and destroy uh, they are successful in defending the dragon and decide to rest after a long journey during some conversations uh gerald confesses to yennefer that his last wish in the mayor's house was to bind their fates together forever so you do find out but i feel like there is more oh yeah there was definitely more mm-hmm. than just that yeah um in result, this angers Yennefer, and she storms off. Uh, Dara and Siri eventually figure out that Mausak is a fake, and they escape.
1: So I, I kind of feel cheated by that summary of it, but Borch um, Trijaktos is like his full name, um, or if you want to get technical, Belin Retenmeth, which is his dragon's name. Um, but in the whole, you know, course of the episode like there's so much that they they kind of glossed over um for instance uh like Geralt uh is really apprehensive about taking the job um until like Borch literally has the wine and dine him and is like hey you know check out my two ladies are you interested and Geralt being you know ever the skirt chaser is like sure but um, it's
0: also because I don't know if this happens in the mm-hmm. um in the book or the game but in this in this episode, while he's being wined and dined, he sees Jennifer and realizes mm-hmm. that she is also part of the search party.
1: Now, book, she at least has other means. Um, glossing back to the fact that she wants to, you know, become a mother, she hears how priceless uh, like, dragon scales or just like the, like how much money you can make off of a dragon's corpse. So she's hoping to you know, make the capture here, and kind of steal the whole prize for herself so she can you know find monetary value and possibly purchase a way to you know uh, have like a reverse you know hysterectomy.
0: I thought it was because she was trying to use like part of like the dragon's anatomy or the egg to cast a spell to try to
1: in a way yeah that's I think that's how they they painted it in the Netflix version but ultimately she's you know there for you know as a means to an end to potentially yeah. have the, uh, her operation reversed.
0: But then she realizes that Porsche mm-hmm. is the gold dragon. Yeah. And
1: kind of, you know, realizes how inhumane, you know, the process would be and all that good stuff. Um, there, there is a line that they took out because again, since Geralt, you know, in this Netflix version did not sleep with one of his Aracanian women, uh, there's two lines at the end, you know, where uh one of the Zaracaney women are like, I'll never forget that time in the bathtub and you know, that's when Yen's kinda of giving like the oh, you son of a bitch yeah. kind of look. And then, you know, naturally that's followed by Gerald and his line, you know, kinda of repeating what the Zarakane women said earlier, how, you know, they follow Borch three Jackdaws, um, because he's the most beautiful. And, you know, after that reveal where you find out he's a golden dragon, you know, Geralt's like, yeah, you know, he was the most beautiful. It makes sense. Um, again, they, they kind of, like I glossed over things. They introduced Jartan Zirig, who's, like, who eventually becomes one of Geralt's, like, dwarven allies in this whole thing. Um, they, they really painted him in a weak light, but the, uh, the guy who Yennefer is traveling with, he's, uh, he's supposed to be, like, a paladin of, like, a holy order um the guy who goes nuts and kills the uh that weird werewolf thing
0: oh yeah
1: you know uh-huh. and gerald's like yeah you know leave him alone he's not gonna do anything and then you know deus vault god wills it you know and goes up and kills the poor monster um they had him like get diarrhea and stuff but in the books he's like the first one to step up to try to fight like the golden dragon he's like he's completely fearless like um he does, like, a lot of very noble things in that whole episode, and then they, they kill him. It's kind of like, that eh. Yeah. But I, I digress. It's going to the next episode.
0: All right, so episode seven, Before a Fall. In a, another partial flashback during the Nilfgaard um, Guardian invasion of Sintra, Geralt senses that Ciri is going to be in danger once Nilfgaard Invades and decides to call upon the law of surprise to get her out of there. Geralt is eventually imprisoned but escapes during the invasion. In Aratuza, the Council of Mages decide to leave the isolationist Sintra to its own fight in the invasion, but Tisaya and others decide to fight on, building a resistance of mages to help defend against Nilfgaardian expansion to the north. So in the beginning of this uh, season, the series, when it kind of, like, starts off showing just uh, the queen of uh, Nelfgårdian or Sintra.
1: Uh, Calanthy. Queen Calanthe. Yeah,
0: yeah Calanthi. It shows her, like, wounded. She's, mm. you know, in the battlefronts of the war, of this, you know, invasion. And then it shows her in her castle, obviously injured, but... Um, she tells Siri to go and look for Geralt mm-hmm. so after imprisoning him yeah then she's like oh shit he was right but then if he was imprisoned though but she's telling him to go look for him so does she suspect that he already like escaped or
1: probably yeah having an idea that you know Geralt being as resourceful as he is yeah he probably snuck out you know when they turn their backs because um, again, they they do a lot of filler, and in, in, like in the books, sometimes they jump at like kind of neck break uh, neck breaking pace. You know, at least the first two books, which are anthologies, like the the series doesn't really begin until like, the third book. Um, but I digress.
0: All right, so episode eight, much more. The battle for Sodden Hill leaves many mages dead at the hands of Nilfgaard and Fringilla. Uh, Tissaia manages to recruit Yennefer to her cause where she coordinates the defense of the structure. After an emotional moment with a wounded Tissaia, Yennefer lets out a powerful stream of fire which halts the entire battle. Uh, meanwhile, Geralt finds himself in the woods defending a random farmer from monsters. After getting wounded and falling unconscious, Geralt has visions of his mother, Vicenna, and of his mentor, Besemir. The farmer takes Geralt back to his farm where Ciri also happened to have found herself. Before meeting at the farm, Geralt and Ciri fall into a trance and meet each other in the woods, continuing Ciri's destiny. So he kind of like, in his in his coma, he goes at he appears at the battle of where Yana for it, mm-hmm. and he's calling out her name because he can sense that she's in danger. And mm-hmm. she, shortly after she has you know caused this huge fire, which uh kind of defeats basically the... uh,
1: pushes them back far enough to where they you know have to retreat.
0: So, yeah, and then after that, she just disappears, yep. nowhere to be found. And then there is a character who was also a mage mm-hmm. that you mentioned was like a bad guy. Uh,
1: there's, there's a couple of them in, like, the...
0: But the main one. Because mm-hmm. you say that he... Not to, you know, spoil for, like, the people who haven't read the books or played the games. Yeah. But he takes... He end up takes taking Yennefer. Yeah. And, like, torturing um, her. I don't
1: remember his name. I think it is. You know, I think it might be a spoiler, but I believe it is. Stregivore? He eventually, like, comes back and it's just this wicked dude
0: all right yeah well thank you for that Cheers. uh so that is the review and discussion of the witcher season one if you haven't watched it please go and watch it it's you're not going to regret it you may get thrown off because of the timeline you're not realizing that it's going back and forth because it it, it doesn't do the traditional oh you know meanwhile yeah like 400 years before mm-hmm. this or whatever so just be aware that there is a bit of of uh, back and forth between timelines in each episode. And uh, if you're already a fan of The The Witcher, I hope you enjoyed the, this review and discussion and all of the knowledge that my husband has graciously brought to this discussion as well. Uh, If you're just, you know, as big a fan as he is, you know, you played the games, the books, but if not, hopefully this inspires you to go back and and experience reading the books and getting the actual, you know, full-on experience experience along with the games. Um, And if uh, you haven't heard already, they are going to do a season two, which I'm really excited about. I know you're really excited oh about
1: God, like I said, there's so much they can play on here.
0: and so. you just have no idea where they're gonna go. Oh, yeah So that's exciting and we're looking forward to that uh, that season as well. And let us know what you think. Um, if you haven't watched it before or if there was anything that we left out that happened in the season that really was your favorite. Or, you know, just anything, just let us know. Follow me on Instagram, Happy Hour with Victabulous, or um, Twitter, at HHR And then my email, Victabulous at hotmail.com. I'll be posting pictures of all the drinks that uh, my lovely husband had uh, created, you know, looked up based on the Witcher series as well as uh this little um he got me for mother's day one of my presents was uh the what your old pop vinyl yes the pop vinyl so um yeah i really liked the the series the season too. yeah no, it was for very someone well who yeah. i yeah i watched you play the games but i didn't really mm-hmm. like investigate or get into it as much right. um Henry Cavill definitely helped that interest and, in and I keeping admit, my interest piqued.
1: It's, it's so bizarre. It's just like, I, again, I saw, you know, Superman coming into this and seeing him, you know, become Geralt. Was... They
0: couldn't have picked a better actor. And two, I feel like this role, even more so than Superman, this role was made for Henry Cavill. Oh, I, I think he just does as an actor. He's a really good actor. I mean if you guys don't know if you guys have seen uh the Monte Cristo the Count of Monte Cristo mm-hmm. he plays his son yeah and that I I just feel like he does really good and then like the man the man from uncle mm-hmm. or called uncle I love
1: yeah I love him the man from uncle The man
0: from uncle he just really he does really good period pieces mm-hmm. Superman he does good he, he makes a really good Superman but I feel like...
1: Let's face it, he's way harder as, as Geraldo Rivia. He
0: is. The white hair, oh, yeah. the cat eyes, the grunt.
1: There's there's that wonderful John Mulaney meme where, you know, it's like uh, Henry Cavill is like clean-cut Superman, you know, like the ideal American. And, you know, it's one of the bits from John Mulaney, and he's pretending to be Mick Jagger from, you know, Rolling Stone, and he's going, no! <laughs> and then, you know, it's like Henry Cavill is this dirty, like mutant with, you know scars and white hair and he's like yeah and you know yeah, that's great
0: yeah he just (laughs) he played like if there was you know coming into it not reading the books like you did and just you know watching you play the games here and there like I I just really can't imagine anybody else playing Mm -hmm. this part and he's just one of those actors who really you see his talent and his skill in like period pieces Mm -hmm. like the man from uncle right right you know count of monte mm-hmm. cristo i'm sure there's other period movies that he's done and this one just you know takes the cake yeah yeah i, I mean i
1: agree i you know like if, if you look you know and there's for this, him, i wouldn't be too hung up
0: and there's this there's this scene which i know a lot has been getting a lot of attention especially when it first came out i think it's the scene where he's It doesn't, we didn't really touch base on this, but like when he's, he meets Yennefer for the first time and he's staying in the house and after the orgy and after she kind of helps Yaskir while he's kind of sleeping off his, his wearing the fish or whatever is off the repercussions, uh, Geralt is taking a bath. Oof like either in like Girl, a hot tub uh,
1: just just stop this podcast and go watch that scene <laughs> yeah,
0: you you're just you, taking a yeah. bath and it's yeah i mean well done sir yeah well Need done. not say
1: more need not say more
0: yes so yes this is the witcher go see it you have netflix you're wasting your time. I want to go watch it again. Just right? from no, doing just the about this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just you know. Bye. <laughs> right. But yes, I
1: mean, please, please, you know, listen to the audiobook. Go buy V book. You know, go play the games. Like, it's it's an amazing series. Um, I I feel like they they really helped bring like Slavic culture kind of more so up front. Like at least the more fantastical aspects. Like Andrew Sapkowski. Thank you.
0: And they didn't even like it's not just Henry Cavill's character or Garrett's, uh, Geralt's character, like that they did a good job with picking the right actor. Every single character oh, yeah. they picked just, just mm-hmm. played it to perfection for someone who hasn't read the books again and played the games and not knowing these characters as well as you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just seeing you get excited yeah. as we we're watching it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is this character. And, and I'm just like,
1: Huh? <laughs> I mean just trying
0: to soak it all in and trying to like
1: yeah there's, catch there's up. so much to take in and and yeah I had my you know my hang ups about certain things but like the the quality of the show like everything they did right outweighed everything i thought they did wrong so you know 100% please go watch the show and Netflix
0: like, did a really good job like making oh yeah. this look mm-hmm. like legit oh and yeah. They just did a really good job. Yes, they did. Yes. And I'm glad Netflix was the one who was able to bring this story, this series, books Mm -hmm. to life. So, again, go check it out. So, next episode is going to be review and discussion of Jumanji with Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, and Jack Black, Black, Kevin Hart, Hart, uh, Nick Jonas, Nebula, Nebula, yes, Nebula. (laughs) Along with some really great other actors as well. So stay tuned. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify and enjoy your weekend. Bye bye.